I ran Michigan. I don't even know what he's thinking. He's just a complete brickhead. Uh, Brady Kachunk. Thomas is my best friend. I got a lot of good looking dudes on my team. You just got nuked. I just them. I just them. We'll see. everyone and welcome to episode Josh Norris of Elite Sense Brain. As always, I am Viata and this time we do not have a guest. I am joined by only one person uh, and of course it is my wonderful co-host, Twitter user at Burner. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing well also. I think um yeah, like, I feel like when the Suns were still playing, I used to measure this by, like, how they had been playing. Like, if, like, they had been playing poorly, I used to be like, uh, I'm doing okay, but, like, the Suns lost. And now it's like, nothing's really happening. Hockey is not being played right now, as we all know. Nothing significant is going on because the Suns are on hiatus. It's actually pretty sad how little is going on in my life every every off season like i mean you know i i went on vacation briefly and stuff but it feels like every summer i'm just sitting around going like wow there's there's like i'm not busy at all there's nothing happening on twitter like why is everything so boring and it's always because i am not like spending an absurd amount of hours every day thinking about the ottawa senators hockey club same yeah this is yeah before we started recording the was like what have you been up to and literally i was like i've been eating bagels and that's all i've been up to but yeah guys go out and buy some bagels today that's why today's episode is sponsored by bagels I almost introduced you as like bagel influencer. Yeah. Because that's what you are now. You're encouraging everyone to eat bagels. Guys, I'm telling everyone, everyone who will listen, go out and have a bagel. They're so good. Like literally. Just like if you haven't had a bagel in a while, just remember like what they taste like. The one thing I will say, if you are like allergic to gluten, that's really sad. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this episode isn't for you. You can stop listening. <laughs> Thank you for that disclaimer. <laughs> in case you don't know, bagels have gluten in them. Please don't have one if you have celiac disease. Anyway, we can talk about hockey now. <laughs> yeah, so there's been very little happening. Um, of course. Why would you watch any hockey that isn't Sens hockey now that there's no Sens hockey going on? As far as I'm concerned, there's just no hockey going on. Exactly. But there has been some Sens kind of. Well, yeah, Sens news, but off ice. Sens ownership news. I don't know what we want to talk about first. First, let's talk about... Okay, if you've not been following... Because I feel like if people aren't Sens fans, they may have not been like following this that closely. But basically, the entire thing was like Ryan Reynolds was going to buy the Sens, maybe. We'll talk about that later. But basically, <laughs> now there's a bid. And it's like, it's just the biggest bid ever. A million people want to buy the Sens, but they all only want like 1% of them. <laughs> it's also hilarious because like the deadline to submit bids passed a long time ago, right? Yeah. Like the NHL is reviewing this. And now you just have a bunch of celebrities being like, and I'm joining the Nico Sparks bid. <laughs> Um, yes, it's probably, no yeah. idea how that works. <laughs> yeah, so the Nico Sparks bit. I'm Nico Sparks is a person. Mm-hmm. I like this is how much I like know about anything. Like he that's that, that's person who is wanting to buy the sense, and basically he's put together like a big group of celebrities, most notably Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. and then which we touched on last episode. I think we like mentioned how Snoop Dogg wants to buy the sense, and then who else is in it now? Who else is in that bit? 
uh, a bunch of like celebrities that I definitely recognize the name of, but don't know that well. Like I know that yeah. the weekend is in a different bid. That's the other yeah. celebrity that's still kind of in the mix. But there was like, yeah, there were some like fairly well-known athletes. Uh, there was a oh, comedian Donovan or something. Bailey. Donovan yes. Bailey. He's like a, a comedian sprinter. So he joined the bid. Russell Peters, who's that's a Canadian was, yeah. comedian. It's like very CanCon. It's very like mm-hmm. random Canadian. Like people are just joining it, which is cool. And then now like a bunch of the dragons from Dragon's Den. Right. Yes. Bed, which is so funny because it's like, it just feels like, because um, obviously, like, Snoop Dogg is not Canadian, but, like, otherwise, it feels very much like I'm just, like, watching ads on, like, the CBC, and it's, like, who yeah. is, like, coming up to join the bid, and it's, like, anyone who's ever been, like, in a CBC commercial break, like, that, they want to buy the Ottawa Senators now. So, like, every Black Canadian celebrity is just, like, hopping in on this bid. I, I love it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, though, because it's, like, very cool that the Sens are still wanted. That's what I will say, because it's, like, that's nice. You know who doesn't want them anymore, though? Ryan Reynolds. So he's in our bad books now, guys. We are anti-Ryan Reynolds. Do we want to talk about this? Because, okay, this is, like, this has been such a weird sequence of events where... Ryan Reynolds obviously, you know, announces that he's trying to buy the Sens. He goes on a talk show and everything. It's this huge thing. He's the first celebrity to say so. And then, like, the discourse, the the thing that people are saying at the time is that he's probably just going to, like, wait to see what the winning, winning bid is and then join in with them, right? But instead, he joins in with these sketchy Toronto real estate people and... Basically, they put together a bid where they're like, they, they're just in it for the real estate and they want some kind of like exclusive negotiating window for the arena, which yeah. they weren't going to get. It's such a weird ask, right? And then when they don't get it, they're just like, well, we don't want the sense after all. Yeah. And the weirdest thing. Okay. So like, apparently everyone already knew this. Apparently everyone already knew that it was a real estate play because basically the entire thing is that like you would get the CTC, like the Canadian Tire Center, and then also they want to build a new arena in Le Breton Flats where like if you don't know Ottawa, like this is hilarious <laughs> for you now. I could be saying whatever I wanted. Like, oh, they want to build it in like the candy like land, whatever. Like who cares? Like you don't know. But basically they want to build it in Le Breton Flats. So it's like I thought that everyone just like loved the sense and was like i want to buy like brady kachuk's team how cool but it's all been a real estate play this entire time which is so messed up it is and even like okay i was even a little bit surprised and hurt when ryan reynolds he basically announced that he's not gonna try anymore right like because there was some discussion about oh he's out for now but maybe he's going to join in with another group or something and obviously a bunch of uh weird people on sense twitter tagging him in every single announcement about somebody (laughs) joining the nico sparks vid being like at ryan reynolds come back save us very strange behavior i'm sorry to call you guys out (laughs) it's really weird (laughs) but anyways and he just basically said no he's not interested anymore so guys I don't think he was that interested in buying the sentence all along. <laughs> yeah, like, I think, guys, I think it may have been, like, a money play for him as well. No, but the one thing I will say is, like, it would have been cool to have the, like, behind-the-scenes documentary thing. But you know what? Now that that's not going to happen because Ryan Reynolds isn't buying the sense, we can just trash that idea. Like, okay, why mm-hmm. would we give away the Ottawa Senators' secrets, dumbass? Like, why would you want to do that? Like, stupid. Nice try. 
He was a plan. Maybe he pulled out of the bidding because uh, the Sens wouldn't do a, a documentary. They have too many secrets. He's like, I yeah. can't. I'm not allowed to expose the polycule, so like, I can't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they were like, "What do you that's mean?" That's a joke. That's a joke. I'm obviously not saying anything about these players. <laughs> Congratulations to Thomas Shabbat on his engagement, by the way. Oh my god. <laughs> I yeah, he did. Okay, brief tangent. Thomas Shabbat did get engaged. This is his, the second engagement post he's made. The first being, of course, the like picture with Jacob Chikrin that he posted at the beginning of the off season. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly, Josh Norris and Jacob Chikrin both, uh, neither of them commented on the engagement. Didn't post anything about it on the stories or anything. Not saying anything, but... <laughs> We're making no comment on this, but our silence should speak volumes. <laughs> I feel bad making those jokes because I'm also, like, obsessed with his fiance. She seems wonderful. Oh, yeah. She's so cool. Like, I don't follow... Because she has a private account and stuff. Yeah. But, like, from what I've seen, she seems so cool. She, like, graduated last year or something from, like, mm-hmm. U-Ottawa. So it's, like, very awesome. Everyone, shout out... Oh, what's her name? Mahiel. Mahiel yeah, right? Yeah, it's so I couldn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> but she seems very cool. Shout out to her. Anyway, yeah. that was a tangent, but... <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> not um, <laughs> no longer in the bidding for the Sens. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's so funny to me because oh, there's been so much discourse about the Nico Sparks thing. And so many people are saying, like, I don't know, there, there's been some stuff about certain people involved in the bid, like not being able to name an Ottawa senator or whatever. And people are like, these people clearly just want to own a hockey team. I want someone who's genuinely passionate about the Sens. We need Ryan Reynolds back. Like, first of all, guys. I don't think Ryan Reynolds was that passionate about the sense, yeah. considering he's not involved anymore. Yeah, also his at is Van City Reynolds. So like, excuse me if I think that he might not be all that connected to <laughs> Ottawa. Like, I think he's a Canucks fan. And I think that like, when he started, like in like the Ottawa Senators thing, I'll say it, like, I was like, okay, he's not a Canucks fan anymore. I don't think he like grew up on like the sends and stuff like I don't think he actually cares how much about the team I think it was like if any hockey team had become for sale like that he probably like would have kind of want to jump on it so like you guys have to be normal about Ryan Reynolds now that's what like everyone has to make a pact to be normal about him now because it's like you have to stop it's getting embarrassing but also it's so funny how like every once in a while there's a new like yeah addition to the Nico Sparks bid who like you know wore a Leafs jersey once and people are like he's a Leafs fan I don't want a Leafs fan anywhere near the team it's like guys I don't think these people actually care that much about hockey and I mean this for all of the bidders like Ryan Reynolds is not a diehard Canucks fan like no none of the major bidders are like huge diehard fans the way you are they're probably just wearing jerseys because they like hockey in a normal way which is to say you throw on a jersey and you go to a game and you have fun you know that's how most people enjoy hockey yeah probably the biggest hockey fan is Snoop Dogg because I know he goes mm-hmm. to a lot of Kings games but like he will like I promise you they will not let like their allegiance to like who's even on the Kings Jonathan Quick he doesn't play for them anymore but like whatever like Snoop Dogg is not gonna be like well I have a ton of money in the Ottawa Senators <laughs> but I'm a big like I literally can't name an LA King. So like, I'm just going to say Jonathan Quick again. Like I'm a big Jonathan Quick guy. So like, actually I'll sabotage. Like, no, that's not how any of this works. 
<laughs> even it doesn't matter their previous alliances i promise wherever they put their money into they're gonna want that team to win exactly well and even snoop dogg like he's definitely a big la kings fan but he's worn so many different jerseys like i think the man just loves yeah. hockey you know lots of people are yeah. like that some people aren't on hockey twitter and that's okay guys like we should still like actually they're normal Maybe we're the weird ones. <laughs> the other thing I find so funny is like, I don't know, the way that people are talking about like their ideal bidder, their their ideal owner, it sounds like they're just they just want Eugene Melnick back. Like they keep saying, Oh, you know, the the Nico Sparks bid has too many people involved, right? Or like, oh, these people or these people don't seem to care enough about the Sens. Like, guys, did we experience the last like two decades of Sens hockey the same way? Because what I remember about Eugene Melnick is that he was a one man and B extremely passionate about owning a hockey team and being involved in the management of that hockey team and he was real bad at managing a hockey team but he still really really wanted to do it and personally i don't want anyone who doesn't know a lot about hockey thinking or no even if you know a lot about hockey like if you're the owner i do not want you involved in the management at all because like yeah. the owners can't get fired, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So basically ideal owner is just like anyone who is rich and won't be weird. So that's like everyone's still available, I think. So like we're good. Like no matter what happens, as long as they just hire people who are good at their jobs. Like I think what everyone wants is a general manager. I think that's what they're thinking of when they want someone who like cares deeply about the team and stuff, blah, blah. Like that's a general manager. So like... We want that, guys. Is that a fun segue into a general manager who is very passionate about the Ottawa Senators? Yes. Who's currently available. When I think of general managers who grew up Sens fans, of course I think of Kyle Dubas. And as luck would have it, he's between jobs right now. So the last time we recorded an episode, the Leafs were, I think, down... I think they were only down 2 nothing, And then the episode came out after they went down 3 nothing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, great news, everyone. The Leafs have been eliminated from playoff contention and all is right in the world. Thank God. I was so nervous because I really felt like, this is how I felt after after the first round. I was like, or like in the middle of the first round, I was like, if they win this round, they're going to win the cup. And it's just because I was like trying to scare myself, I think. But then when they like were in the second round, I was like, okay, I was okay. Like if they win this round, Mm-hmm. they win the cup so thank you for never forcing me to prove my hypothesis there like that was awesome um they almost got swept but they didn't so i actually <laughs> yeah obviously it would have been funniest if they'd gotten swept but also like i respect the commitment to the bit of like losing every game at home like you yeah. know how sometimes in the cup final if a team has the chance to win the cup on the road and then they lose it's like it's okay guys but they're gonna win it at home or you know if they go up to nothing and then they lose the um uh, the third game it's like it's okay we didn't want to sweep after all because then we would have had to win on the road we got to win at home the Leafs it's like the opposite of that they're they're down three nothing going into game four and they're like guys we can't like if we're gonna lose we have to do it in front of our fans like we need to see them cry we need a bunch yeah. of these fans to spend thousands of dollars watching going to the arena to watch us lose you know yeah Honestly, I respect that a lot because 
I also don't like Leafs fans, so it's cool <laughs> that the Toronto Maple Leafs don't care for them either. It's so funny because, like, every year, just the euphoria of Leafs Elimination Day is just incredible. Like, I, it's, it never gets old. It's just so much fun. They keep losing in funny ways. And it's always just such a great payoff for the whole season. It feels like that's when the season truly ends. You know, you're like, you're watching your team. And then for a few months, or let's be honest, less than a month, usually you are cheering against the Leafs. And then once the Leafs are out, it's like, now the off season is here. Yeah, that's actually so true. It's like, I finally felt like I could relax because it's like, I, this is how much, like, I'm such a hater. I was like, okay, like, I can't think about the Sens yet because I have to spend all of my energy manifesting bad things for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, it was also funny because like this is a little while ago now. Like I, I guess I don't remember when they're like when their game they lost in five. So like the game five was, but it was controversial because they had a goal that wasn't a goal, and that would have been the game tying goal. But good news, it wasn't a goal. And then every Leafs fan ever was like, that was the goal and we won the game. And it's like, well, no. And that's very funny. I don't know if they're still talking about it, but I was like, ooh, this, I said on Twitter, I was like, this is going to be a funny thing for them to talk about for like 20 years. Like, that's going to be hilarious. Exactly. And it's so funny because it's it's like Leafs fans discover playoff hockey. Like, this is just a thing that happens in the playoffs constantly. Like, you know, every Sens fan can remember the quick whistle on the Peugeot goal in 2015, or at least everyone who's following the Sens in 2015, right? Which, by the way, way worse than that. Way worse than what the Leafs ended up, what happened to the Leafs, right? So yeah, this just happens to every team. Every team has a few calls like that. But Leafs fans (laughs) insist that this is like some kind of league-wide conspiracy against the Leafs. And that's what just makes it so entertaining. Yeah, it was also funny because after, this is a bit of a tangent because this isn't about the Leafs, it's about the Oilers. But after the Leafs lost, the Oilers also lost. And that was more controversial, I will say, because I like the Oilers more so like I'll give it to them that like it was controversial and that the roughing was bad so because I think like the roughing was pretty uneven and because it was game seven I think or maybe it was game six but yeah it was pretty uneven roughing and then a bunch of Leafs fans were like see Oilers fans like the roughing was bad and we're like in this together and we form the alliance with the Oilers the Sens form the, the like alliance mm-hmm. with the Oilers so Leafs fans need to back off because we already made that so Shut up about that. <laughs> also, I feel kind of bad because when we had Oily Gifts on the podcast, we were saying that maybe the Oilers only hung around because they knew that this episode was that that episode was going to happen. Um, and then the Oilers started losing as soon as the episode came out. So I'm, I'm wondering if it was our fault a little bit. <laughs> but also, okay, going back. I'm going to push them further. I know. Yeah. Okay. But also going back to that like controversial no goal call because oh my god I am just obsessed with like the meltdown that happened on Leafs Twitter where people were genuinely like convinced that there was a conspiracy against the Leafs and that the playoffs were rigged against the Leafs and yet like I was seeing sort of two different kinds of tweets there was one kind that was like it was rigged you know the NHL hates the Leafs and then another kind that's like this is so embarrassing for the NHL that it's all Southern teams in the conference finals. And it's like, so, okay, the clearly the narrative being pushed by Leafs fans is that the NHL went to the effort of rigging the second round 
but they did it in a way that completely goes against their own interests, which sounds like a very NHL thing to do, to be honest. To be fair, like, if the NHL was going to do any, like, big controversy, like, maybe that's, like, what, like, they'd be so incompetent at it that, like, they would accidentally, like, decrease their viewership or whatever. But, like, I don't even think that's, like, people were being so weird. They always are about, like, Southern markets, like, that's not real hockey, blah, blah, blah. It's, like, chill guys like I promise like they know what hockey is <laughs> south of like Toronto like they understand what's going on there it's so funny to be like no you'll never get it like what how it I promise like hockey didn't always exist in every like corner of Ontario like people like learned it so now it will happen in other places it's so funny how they don't want to grow the game because it's like I thought you wanted a higher cap hit. Like, this is how it works. Like, you need more people to watch the game, and then the cap will go up, and then you can afford John Tavares. Yeah, it's so funny. I will say, I rem- I have a, like, vivid memory of visiting family in South Carolina in 2006, which is the year that the Carolina Hurricanes won the cup, and sort of congratulating family and friends on the Carolina Hurricanes winning and being asked what the Stanley Cup was. <laughs> but you know what? I'll bet... Things have improved since then. Like I, I, and you know what? You can, I'll bet you can see the growth there. I'll bet next time I'm in South Carolina, people will know what the Carolina Hurricanes are. And anyways, Raleigh is not all close to my dad's hometown. Like they're, like I said, South Carolina and the Hurricanes play in North Carolina. So probably people close to Raleigh or in North Carolina actually know uh, who the Carolina Hurricanes are and what the Stanley Cup is. And look, the NHL gets to teach these people. Yeah, like- it doesn't, like, it makes you look like pick when you're like, oh, no, like, hockey is only for Canada, blah, blah, blah. It's like, guys, you're embarrassing me. Stop being Canadian online, because I have to be Canadian online, and I don't want you to, like, bring me down with you. Exactly. And it's just, yeah, again, it's funny, like, because people were, like, tagging the NHL, being like, NHL, you have to do something about this, like, why would you allow it? And it's like, are you guys, like, clearly the message here is, like, the NHL should have rigged the second round in favor of the Leafs. Like, can any Leafs fans correct me on this? Because this is the, this is what I'm getting. This is, like, (laughs) what I'm hearing is that the NHL should have rigged it in favor of your favorite team um, (laughs) instead of the other team. Yeah, it's like, call it fair until the fairness makes it so that the Toronto Maple Leafs win. Otherwise, it's not fair enough, and you need to make it more fair for the Toronto Maple Leafs. As we know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are just the most persecuted team, right? Like, Yeah. Like, actually, being a Leafs fan is an axis of oppression that's not discussed enough. I try to start the conversation sometimes on my Twitter account, but I will say that, like, I I see you, I hear you, I stand with you, your passion, I see it all. I wish you nothing but the best. I am an ally to you in your fight for equality, Leafs Nation. Really powerful statement. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... What was really fun about this year is that most years, Leafs fans have a meltdown, but then the Leafs front office is calm and level-headed and says, you know, what everybody else could see, what all the Leafs Leafs haters could see watching that, the series, which is like, the Leafs are pretty good and, you know, they just kind of got unlucky. It's just really funny that it keeps happening. But this year, no. 
this year they decided to they decided to listen to the Leafs fans and and make some changes and they announced that they're probably going to split up the core which is going to be so funny but most importantly the big drama is that they fired Kyle Dubas in a really weird way. Yeah. So technically they didn't like they just didn't renew his contract, but like right. he was fired. Like let's be honest. Like we'll <laughs> call it that cuz that's more dramatic. But basically, yeah, what happened is that Kyle Dubas I guess gave a presser. I again as soon as the Leafs get eliminated, I stopped caring. So like I my hating efforts didn't go into watching Kyle Dubas like give a press conference. But apparently he was saying some stuff about like how to be fair, like, oh, like this year was hard on me and my family, which is so fair. I feel like it's a very, very stressful job. Mm-hmm. But like not even kidding, like, yeah, that's very fair, Kyle Dubas. And like that's a like important thing to talk about, I feel like. But yeah. So then he I guess he like kind of expressed sentiments that like he didn't know if he wanted to come back and stuff like that. But like People were praising him for being like so open and vulnerable and stuff. And then Brendan Shanahan was like, don't come back, which is hilarious. What makes it better is that Brendan Shanahan apparently had already decided to extend his contract before that press conference. He was like, yeah, we're going to bring Kyle Dubas back. And then Dubas was like, yeah, this is this is a really tough year, you know? And then he was like, get out of here. He didn't have enough passion. <laughs> he doesn't have the passion. Um, you know who else doesn't have the passion? Jason Spezza, who also quit yep. as soon as Dubas was let go. Yeah, so Jason Spezza, I don't even know where I stand with him now. Because it's like, I am so hurt. And we'll, I think we talk, we'll talk about this. Guys, we have something very exciting planned. <laughs> so we will talk about this later. But Jason Spezza, like, I, I don't know. Would you want him back? It's like, if he was like... Please let me be a part of this. End. I like how we're just like pretending that he would want to. I don't think he would, but like if he would want to come back to this end in like uh like front office role, what would you say to him? Honestly, I would say yes. He was just he was an important part of like the Ottawa Senators of my childhood, and I I still I I still love him. You know, <laughs> like um, I I still would love to see him with the Sens. Actually, fun story about Jason Spezza. This is what makes like the heartbreak of his like betrayal so much worse. Honestly, is that I think a year ago when he announced his retirement, I wrote an article for Silver Seven Sens uh, for Silver Seven, all about. Jason Spezza and the impact that he had in Ottawa in those early days uh, of the early days of the Sens franchise, really. And the whole premise of the article was like, you know, a lot of the older fans were really pissed off with Spezza and a lot of people remember him as like a polarizing figure. But for kids my age, like, like, well, for kids, Jason Spezza was like the coolest. Like we were obsessed with him. He was the Ottawa Senator, more more so even than like Alfie or something. And so I spoke to a bunch of people around my age who were in, you know, elementary school during the peak uh, days of the pizza line, right? And had this whole heartfelt article about how, you know, Spezza made the Sens cool. He got a bunch of kids into hockey and invested in the Sens. And like, he's made such an impact on the community and the fan base and stuff and here's the interesting thing so yeah you can go read that article maybe i'll link it in the description if i remember but here's the interesting thing and i'm technically not supposed to talk about it but it's been a year so i'm everybody just keep this a secret okay just don't talk about this because <laughs> um, i'm not supposed to say it but jason spezza did read that article and did send the word to me that he was very touched by that article and what does he do immediately after that he decides to stay on with the Leafs in the front office. How? 
How could he do that? Awful. Yeah. So that I, my opinion on this is that if he wants to come back to the Sens and like in a front office capacity, he has to do like an apology tour. He has to like knock on doors and be like, I'm so sorry to my community for having spent any time with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he has to be like, I promise I hated every minute. Like mm-hmm. everyone was mean and ugly or whatever like you just I actually feel like okay knowing Ottawa knowing Sens fans he doesn't even have to do that all he has to do is talk a bunch of shit about the Leafs and we will take him back literally like if he just like if he does like a press conference and it's like haha like Leafs suck everyone would be like our hero oh my god (laughs) but you know what would help part of the thing I one of the things I wrote about in the article that I thought was really funny is like Apparently, so many elementary schools had reading challenges that were sponsored by Jason Spezza. Like, Spezza was the face of reading challenges in <laughs> Ottawa in the 2000s. And so I feel like he should come back and he should revamp that reading program. Yeah, that'd be so awesome. Jason Spezza, if you're listening, we already know that you are close personal friends with Beato, so I'm sure you are. But <laughs> this is, these are our demands. <laughs> teach the youth of Ottawa how to read and then we will welcome you back maybe teach the Ottawa senators how to read too I'm not sure they know yeah. teach, teach Josh Norris how to read <laughs> oh my god we named this episode after him we just said he doesn't know how to read yeah he won't he doesn't know how to like search us up though so it's fine he keeps trying but he gets stuck on like the EL and then he doesn't know what comes <laughs> Josh Norris we love you too bad you can't yeah. find this episode. I'm so sorry, Kate. Hopefully soon we'll play it for you. <laughs> Anyways, um, the last bit of uh, Leafs news, uh, because we're still in Leafs hater hour, uh, is that the, oh my god, I can't, like, when I saw this news, I cried tears of joy. Because <laughs> I, I almost can't believe that this is true. And I've just been waiting to hear this news for so long. It sounds like it. It sounds like it's very unlikely that Austin Matthews is going to resign in Toronto. I am overjoyed. <laughs> I think, like, oh my gosh! Because the thing is about Austin Matthews is okay. First of all, this would be terrible for the Leafs. So obviously, I love it. The other thing is that, like, I have to confess. Austin Matthews is a good hockey player. So mm-hmm. it'd be nice to be able to watch him play hockey without being like, and I hate him and I like, oh, I'm angry. Like every time he does something cool, it'd be nice of him to be on another team so I could watch him with like clear eyes and stuff. You know what I mean? So, and yeah, it'd just be so terrible for the Leafs. So like all around an excellent thing. I really hope he doesn't resign. Exactly. And I'm also just really looking forward to seeing how long this drags out like I've been thinking about this for a while where I'm like even if Austin Matthews does re-sign in Toronto I hope he does it next year because I just cannot wait for a full year of Leafs Twitter discourse about Austin Matthews and just panic over why he hasn't re-signed yet and like I, I want a trade deadline where there are rumors about Austin Matthews even if he doesn't get traded you know I I want a playoff series where everyone is like if the Leafs lose this Austin Matthews is gonna leave and then they lose to the sentence specifically I just I'm so excited about this yeah it'll be so awesome anyway shout out to Austin Matthews for ch- future like LA King or something that's gonna be awesome for him he's gonna go to Vegas you know they're gonna find a way. Oh my god, he totally shit. You're actually so right. He totally is gonna go to Vegas 
fuck okay or i think maybe it, i still will have to hate him i heard a few people suggesting chicago too which would i would still hate him but at least he'd be out of toronto oh my god austin austin like, it, go somewhere but it makes sense if they just like they're getting Connor Bedard, unfortunately. So if they just get Connor Bedard and they sign Austin Matthews, and it's like, oh, cool, two of like the best players in the world, probably. Yeah. <sighs> Shit, Austin, go to the Sens. We've never said a bad word about you. Maybe this is why so many like Toronto people are interested in buying the Sens. It's this plan where they're like, yeah, we we know Austin Matthews. We're gonna buy the Sens. We're gonna convince him. I still can't believe Justin Bieber isn't involved because imagine Justin Bieber buying the Sens yeah. and then just bringing in Austin Matthews, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the other thing that people were maybe speculating, going back to Kyle Dubas, is that like, oh, maybe he'll like come to the Sens, mm-hmm. um, which I would be for. I like some people were saying like, have you seen his track record? It's not good because he gives out like big contracts. But it's like a lot of the people who need a contract already have one. So it's like there's not that many big ones. To- mm-hmm. And also like Pierre Dorian kind of does the same thing like I think he's better than Pierre Dorian which is all that really matters I think yeah and his smaller moves have been good and also you have to think that Kyle Dubas has probably learned from his mistakes in Toronto you know like he's a pretty young guy he's fairly new to you know the whole like NHL not that new but still he's probably learning as he goes and I don't know I I feel like he would be good I would like to have him and Pierre in the same front office. Uh, I feel like that could be fun. I just, Pierre Dorion, like, oh, he's he's just, I like him, you know? Like, he's just such a sense guy. Mm-hmm. It'd be funny to see them interact. I think yeah. they'd be hilarious. <laughs> they exactly. both threw things, remember? Uh, so, yeah, Kyle Dubas threw, like, an, a water bottle, and then that one time, mm-hmm. Pierre Dorian threw, like, was it, like, a beer or something? Yeah. Was that the bubble season? I don't remember. Yeah, it but, was. Yeah. Yeah, that's so okay. Wait, tangent very slightly, very quickly. It's hilarious that Pierre Dorian was that mad about the Ottawa Senators losing during the bubble season because, like, they were not a real hockey team at that point. Like, they weren't playing hockey. Like, I don't know what they were doing, but it wasn't hockey. So, like, it's they were not expected to be good going in either. Yeah, like, it's oh, he's so hilarious. Anyway, yeah, I think that is our Leafs hater hour. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else to discuss, just like RIP again exactly yeah so i think before moving into the the big segment that we have planned we've been planning for weeks um we do have to quickly do our what did brady kachuk do this time segment very short he didn't do much it was just yesterday uh he again attended matthew's games and again people were like he's so subdued what has engagement done to him it's like guys he just hates matthew like it's it's nothing (laughs) he's mad at matthew now like Again, he's only like a month removed from like his, you know, march in downtown Ottawa <laughs> with saying that the Sens are going to win the cup, right? Yeah. But then afterwards, he redeemed himself because he drank out of some golf trophy in the locker room. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's fun again. <laughs> Brady Kachuk mm-hmm. is cool and fun again. <laughs> there was also like an intermission interview where I think he said that he didn't even want to be there, but his parents made him, which is so like <laughs> me at 10 years old vibes. Literally, that's literally the most, if anyone is a younger sibling who had an older play- sibling playing hockey, you will understand the, I didn't want to come to this <laughs> hockey game or practice, but I have to be here. <laughs> so I'm not even- <laughs> 
I'm not I even understand. a younger sibling. I'm an older sibling, but I had to go to my younger brother's games. It was un- I-, I can't believe that. No, that's awful. I had to go because I couldn't be unsupervised because I was like five. So it's like, to be fair, my parents were correct about it, but I hated it. So Brady, I stand with you. I was actually allowed a force to go even after I could stay home unsupervised because my parents just wanted me to support my brother, uh, which, oh. you know, I didn't want to do that. So oh, eventually nice. I got really mad and, and just stayed home. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny Brady if you're listening pull that just stay home just be like I don't want to support him <laughs> so that concludes our what did Brady Kachuk do this time segment and now I'm overjoyed to introduce our next segment which Viata came up with and when she told me about it I was like this is the most genius thing I've ever heard in my entire life okay I don't know I was gonna say as you know but like I don't know if people listening know this I talk about it a lot on Twitter but I I'm a massive Taylor Swift fan. And so this is the marriage of the two best things ever. Taylor Swift in the sense. Beata, what is the segment? So I thought, you know, what do... Yeah, you know when it's the off season and you just have to come up with something to talk about on your podcast? I thought, what do the Sens and Taylor Swift have in common? They have so many exes. And Taylor Swift as I'm sure many of you know, is the queen of the breakup song. She has a song for every situation that you could ever live, every type of breakup possible. And I thought, what if we associated Taylor Swift breakup songs with former senators? Genius. I will say, okay, I don't think any Swifties, like just Swifties who don't care about the sins are going to be listening. But basically... We have to address the elephant in the room, which it might not be an elephant in the room, depending on how much you are on like Swifty Twitter. But basically, Taylor Swift is like semi in a bad, like kind of can't, like, not canceled, but like basically right now she's dating Maddie Healy, who like is problematic in his own right. You can go like look at the tweets and everything. Like you can find all this online. But basically, we are saying we understand that Taylor Swift is not necessarily everyone's favorite person right now, but. We are still going to do this segment because we we started writing it when they weren't dating. So, And, you know, we don't think Taylor Swift is a good person. We just think she makes great music. So, yes, we, I will say, like, Taylor Swift is a climate criminal. Taylor Swift, <laughs> like, she she has she's not a great person, guys. But God damn it. She can she can sing a tune. So like guys go go listen to her most explicitly political songs the man and you need to calm down and realize that like this is the extent of her politics she is like we are under no like delusions about her being some kind of social justice like advocate you know i will say one more taylor swift tangent before because this is a son's podcast like i don't want to talk too much just about taylor swift but one more taylor swift tangent before we get into it um, again, to like illustrate her politics, someone was like Taylor Swift is dating a racist because like people like mm-hmm. Maddie Healy is like, yeah, bad guy. But basically someone was like, Taylor Swift is dating a racist person. That's bad. And someone else was like, Taylor Swift, a racist. Um, do you remember? Oh, when yeah. she baked cookies? <laughs> so during the 2020 election, she baked Biden Harris cookies to co- the, the quote was like the, the tweet was like, um to like combat trump's racism um so that's who we're dealing with here guys I mean, 
<laughs> sorry to continue. Okay. Sorry to continue the tangent, but I remember seeing a TikTok where someone was like, "Do you think that Taylor Swift is like seething right now because she knows that if she were a man, nobody would care that she was dating someone really racist?" And that seems like the the like epitome of her politics to me. Yeah. So all this to say, she is not a great leftist. Taylor, <laughs> I'm like, so yeah, but we can still associate her songs with former sense because we want to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So to do this, I wrote down like a bunch of former sense. Um, I did it in chronological order, but I also did not Google when any of these trades or like you know departures happened so if i messed it up that's just my memory being bad and yeah to do this i took this so seriously i listened to her entire discography like every single song just thinking about the sense which is like extremely unhinged <laughs> like why am i listening to like yeah every single one of taylor's was album just thinking about hockey players unhinged and yeah, I think for a lot of people, this will also be a lesson in, wait, that guy played for the Sens? Because a, a lot of guys have played for the Sens that you might not know about. Mm -hmm. I will say also, Beata definitely has a better knowledge of like former Sens than me. So some of these, I like, I am a bad Sens fan. Some of them I'm like, I don't really, like, I don't really know the situation here, but whatever. I know Taylor Swift enough to make up for it. Exactly. So anyways, the first one that we wanted to talk about is the big one. The big, like the first big heartbreak, big like breakup for the Sens. And it was Alexi Ashen, who was a piece of shit <laughs> and was, I can't even remember all the details, but uh, <laughs> he was just really awful to the Sens and like, yeah, demanded a higher contracts, wanted the captaincy. It was something about uh, there's some captaincy drama I can't remember exactly what it was and like yeah basically demanded a trade and it was it was the first one you know and that really hurts so we have we actually haven't decided on the song we have a few options what do you think is is the best one hmm. I think looking at the options right now we have them written down I like because of how like important it is I like associating it maybe with like all too well I think we get it uh, like all too well is a big one so I think maybe we do it right away I think so too and it was like it was early on too you know like all too well talks about like yeah you know dating like an older man who kind of looked down to you and stuff like that right and this was early in the sense existence you know they were so innocent and stuff and they were just so badly hurt by Yashin and yeah all too well is just like the break the Taylor's of breakup song you know so I feel like that one fits. Mm -hmm. A runner up for this one was Dear John, which like, <laughs> if you guys don't know this song, that's okay. Elton Well is more famous. So like, I feel like mm -hmm. more people would know it. But one line from this that might stick out is like, too young to be played by your dark twisted games. I think that's funny because it was very early in the sense like existence. Yeah. Also, You All Over Me kind of fits because like, well, the trade tree lives on, but also like the sense still, it feels like they never recovered from that, you know? Like they, they keep like... I don't know they keep being left by all of these players um and so I feel like the vibes of you all over me also fits that that's good so anyways the next one I had written and again I don't remember if this was the correct order or something but I wanted to talk about Marion Hosa who again is one that a lot of people are going to be listening to this being like Hosa played for the Sens but the story with Hosa this is very important for the context is that Hosa wanted to be a senator for life he signed a contract extension with the Sens, and then right after that contract extension was signed, the Sens were like, psych, actually this was a sign-in trade, and they traded him. 
without like his consent at all you know they just traded him and ever since then the general consensus among sens fans is that the sens were in the wrong and they were really really shitty to him and hosa like hosa is also really regarded as like a good guy in hockey which i do want to mention he was part of the leadership group of the 2010 blackhawks so worth mentioning that he's not like as good a guy as people think he is but generally people like sens fans see hosa as like a really great player that wanted to be with the sens that we wish we could have kept and the sens it, it's so awful that the sens treated him so badly and it's such an indictment of the senators that they were did that to him so which song perfectly captures so, that this song is okay the song is back to december and a little bit of context if you don't know the song essentially it's about taylor swift breaking up with taylor lautner who was like the man who treated her the best ever and this is one of her songs where she's like i like this was totally on me like oh my god i really really messed up so a couple lines we picked out for it are it turns out freedom ain't nothing but missing you the next line of that goes like saying I'm sorry for that night. So like exactly. And then another one is I'd go uh, if we loved again, I swear I'd love you. Right. I'd go back in time and change it. But I can't. I feel like it fits like also like Taylor Lautner is widely regarded as like the favorite ex among Swifties. So like it fits perfectly here. It, it fits so well that now I'm afraid that every time I listen to Back to December, I'm going to be thinking about Marion Hosa, which is unhinged. <laughs> um okay the next one is Zdeno Chara again I don't really know what happened so you have to fill me in it was just like the Sens could have re-signed he wasn't that good in Ottawa like his breakout was really like after he left the Sens had to choose between him and Wade Redden and they chose Redden which at the time made sense in hindsight yikes um and yeah people are just kind of mad at the Sens about that we struggled a little bit with finding one for that the one that kind of worked was I wish you would, specifically with a line like, I wish you knew that I'll never forget you as long as I live. I wish you were right here right now because we just really wish that Chara had like stayed, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one is Danny Heatley. Again, I need you to explain because like I know like a bit, but I feel like you know it all more in depth. <laughs> so yeah, the thing with Danny Heatley is that he was so good in Ottawa. In case you didn't know, he had 50 in 07. And that wasn't even his only 50-goal season. And he was part of the pizza line. He was great. And then he demanded a trade. And again, like, everybody in Ottawa felt so betrayed. As a child, like, I remember where I was when I found out about this. People hated him. It was so bad and also kind of cringe because it's like you know players demand trades sometimes but we were just so hurt so like angry at him we hated him so much and so um we initially had a different song for him but we decided to use it for somebody else we've decided the song for danny healy is bad blood off of 1989 because it's the perfect song for being so it's first of all it's bad and cringe so perfect (laughs) and then also because it's just about like just like having a like a fallout with someone it's just like very basic but I guess like the whole situation is like it fits exactly oh, man bad blood is one of those songs where it's like this is what kept me from being a swifty for so long because the only <laughs> taylor swift songs i heard were the ones that got really really popular and so i thought that her whole discography was just like i knew you were trouble and like <laughs> bad blood and stuff like that shake it off 
Oh, so sad. Yeah, it's one of those. Anyway, the next person is, okay, Mike Fisher, (laughs) who, (laughs) this one's like silly, but basically he, I remember the conditions of this one. So basically he left because he started dating Carrie Underwood, right? (laughs) Basically, like the Sens were retooling. And it made sense to trade Fisher specifically to Nashville. And I think they're like, he specifically wanted to go to Nashville and the Sens were very nice and accommodating with that. What's interesting about the Fisher trade, at least from what I remember, is that the city of Ottawa was furious about this. But were they furious at the Sens? No. Were they furious at Mike Fisher? No. The person they were angry at was Carrie Underwood. And, like, there were Ottawa radio stations refusing to play Carrie Underwood. Like, people were so mad at her. And, you know, looking back, a little bit cringe, a little bit misogynistic, kind of embarrassing for us, not our proudest moment. And what song embodies that better than Better Than Revenge? Yeah, so if you don't know, Better Than Revenge is the song that is just fully, like, misogynistic. Like, it's literally just Taylor Swift, like, uh, slut-shaming for, like... Three minutes or whatever. Um, so it's perfect here. Yeah, key lyric: um, stealing other people's toys on the playground won't make you any friends. Yeah, that's like from the perspective of like, like that's not us saying that to Carrie Underwood, but like people were saying that about Carrie Underwood, basically. That's why the line fits. Exactly. Um, so, anyways, mm-hmm. the next one, at least, at least in my brain, this is the chronology. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's definitely the next one. Anyways, it's the big one. The the you know the worst thing that has ever happened to the Sens franchise, and it's Daniel Alfredson. We had several mm-hmm. options for this one. Yeah, the first one, pretty straightforward. Breathe the line. It's hard to breathe without you, but I have to. Exactly, that's it's just a song. I th- I feel like that's the best one because it's just it's a song that's about like just being so upset right like yeah. just being really sad about a breakup yeah there's also a line that's like it's 2 a.m feeling like I just lost a friend it's like yeah mm-hmm. exactly but okay so Daniel Alfredson did he came obviously he like came back then he left again sadly the whole Melnick thing but now he's back again so mm-hmm. that those vibes kind of fit this love specifically like the line like this love is alive back from the dead. These hands had to let it go free, but this love came back to me. Low-key, it fits, because he came back. Exactly. <laughs> so the next one, we teased this one. This one, yeah. li- literally the first one we came up with. We were like, this this song fits so perfectly. Like, listen, just listen to the song. The entire thing is exactly the situation. We, <laughs> we are talking about Jason Spezza. And what song fits Spezza? <laughs> Jason Spezza is Mr. Perfectly Fine. Essentially, this song, I feel like I have to explain each one just in case, like, people don't know. But basically, this one's about, like, uh, breaking up with someone and, like, you're devastated and they're just chilling. And he kind of was in Toronto. He's not really chilling anymore. Like, I guess (laughs) now it doesn't fit perfectly, but, like, at the time it did. So the lyrics we picked up for this one are, like, hello, Mr. Perfectly Fine. How's your heart after breaking mine? He goes about his day, forgets he ever even heard my name. Yeah. Isn't there also a line about like, you know, so dignified in your well-pressed suit? <laughs> it's like, just makes me think yeah. of Jason Spezza sitting up in the press box yeah. with Kyle Dubas, right? Uh, Jason Spezza, how could you? I've been yeah. Miss Misery since your goodbye. Exactly. But you are Mr. Perfectly Fine. Like, come on. Mr. Insincere Apology so he doesn't look like the bad guy is also hilarious. True. Yeah, exactly. That's him. Okay, so this next one, this is a deep cut. This is like, if you know, you know. <laughs> but a lot of people will not remember this. Um, but I was 
again, I was listening to Taylor Swift's entire discography and because I am completely unhinged, this song came up and I was like, this reminds me of a former senator. (laughs) Um, But for those who remember, in 2014, the Sens were kind of out of the playoff race at the deadline, but like they were still in the race, but they were out of the playoffs, right? And they went to Edmonton and they got destroyed specifically by Alish Hemsky. And then I think the next day, Alish Hemsky was an Ottawa senator, um, which is why sometimes if like the Sens get destroyed by a player that they're rumored to be interested in, people say, oh, they're going to pull a Hemsky. That, that's where that comes from because he destroyed them and then he was an Ottawa senator. Anyways, the important thing is Alish Hemsky was incredible in Ottawa. Like only only people who were around for the failed playoff push in 2014 will remember Alish Hemsky and the unbelievable chemistry that he had with Jason Spezza. It was like after years of trying to find a winger for Spezza, finally one just fell into our laps. He was so, so good. Like one of the best deadline pickups the Sens have ever made. But then the Sens missed the playoffs and then they traded Jason Spezza in the summer. And on July 1st, Alish Hemsky followed Spezza to Dallas. And this is, uh, now that I've explained the whole thing, I am saying that the song that represents Alish Hemsky is August off of Folklore, which is all about a like, summer romance that was never meant to last that's devastating yeah wait i didn't also i didn't know this one but yeah that fits perfectly exactly i think i didn't even put an explanation in our google docs i was just like those who remember will get it (laughs) yeah so yeah some key lyrics but i can see us lost in the memory august slipped away into a moment of time because it was never mine and then later she's like because you were never mine and you know in the song, the narrator is like, yeah, he belongs to someone else or whatever. It doesn't fit perfectly, but it's like, that captures the vibe. Even though it wasn't August, it was March and April, <laughs> a little bit of April, um, but it was still, it was one month, right? Where it was like, yeah, we just had one one beautiful month, but he was never ours, never ours to have. So tragic. Um, the next one is um, Mika Zavinajad, who... Okay, so this one I also know. This one, he was traded for Derek Broussard. Um, And now, well, yeah, it was just so sad. But basically, now he plays in New York. So that's why this lyric works perfectly. The one we chose is Come Back, Be Here. Because essentially, we want him to come back because he's still really good. (laughs) But also, like, isn't the song kind of about, like letting go of someone and then once they leave you're like wait no <laughs> right yeah. which was very much what the sense did with Mika Zibanejad um where they were like yeah we don't care we're gonna trade him and then the moment he left and got good they were like fuck <laughs> yeah exactly and also it fits because explicitly in the song she says about how he's in New York <laughs> so the specific lyric we picked out was I guess you're in New York today I don't want to need you this way come back be here again another one that fits so well that now every time i listen to that song i think of a hockey player <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> so the next one is kyle torres i again i like i remember these guys left but i feel like you all you remember the situations way better <laughs> yeah that was just like a, a frustrating and weird thing where he like hadn't resigned yet but he was such an ottawa senator that 
Ooh. we were all hopeful that he would stick around and there weren't really trade rumors but then he just got thrown into the Duchesne trade and it was just really like sudden and bad and some people believe that actually it wasn't Matt Duchesne who cursed the sense. It was it was losing Kyle Turris that cursed them because he was a pretty good dude. Anyways, I struggled a lot to come up with a song for this. So if you have a better one, leave it in the comments. But the one I came up with was Last Kiss because it's all about thinking about saying like, oh, I never thought we would have broken up, you know, like I never thought this would have ended. And that's how I felt about Kyle Turris. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like it's so much about like thinking that that's the one. The lyric, I guess, that fits the best is, you can plan for a change in weather and time, but I never plan on you changing your mind. Another lyric that would fit is, like, your name forever, the name on my lips type mm -hmm. thing, because it's like, like, you really thought it would work out, and it just didn't. I'm so sad. Uh, it only gets sadder from here, because our next oh. one is is another big one. <laughs> it's, oh my god, I, I still can't believe this. Uh, it was Eric yeah. Carlson. And I was, when I was coming up with this, I was just like, putting down all the most devastating songs I know <laughs> to try to like capture how upset I was about the Carlson trade. But honestly, I think the one that fits the best is Red off of the album Red because it's all about just like how great the relationship was yeah. and how sad you were after the breakup, you know? Mm -hmm. It fits so well. Also like, I don't know, rev off the red. It fits. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if that was even Carlson era, but like- It was, it was. Okay, perfect. So the yeah, it is very much just like like you like his even like you remember it with such intensity too. It's just like no matter how much time passes, it's just like mm -hmm. you're always gonna want to have Eric Carlson again. I think some people will disagree. Some people are like, no, we don't want him now, actually. But no, we do, guys. Yeah, the line I still see it all in my head is about me just replaying the past of Mike Hoffman uh, <laughs> over and over and over again. <laughs> Exactly. The line here that we put also is like, tell myself it's time now, I've got to let it go. But moving on from his him is impossible, which is just the truth. But also like the whole song, go go listen to that song and think about Eric Carlson and, and you'll mm -hmm. understand us. Um, but also like, you know, what's really unhinged is that as I was doing research for this and trying to like figure out which which songs fit, which sends, I realized that the song that fully represents how I feel about Eric Carlson now. This is even more, this is worse than having a Taylor Swift song that makes you think of it. It's not even a Taylor Swift like song, but the band is Taylor Swift adjacent, they opened for her. But it's a song by Muna called Winter Break that's all about like knowing that you were right to end a relationship and that it never worked out and it's never going to work out, but also knowing on some level that like you would always be willing to try again. <laughs> And that's that's me with Eric Carlson. Where I'm like, I know that the trade was for the better. I know that like he's it's probably not going to work out a return to Ottawa. But like, if this was ever on the table, like I I would be down. <laughs> it fits so well. Oh my god, everyone listen to Muna too. <laughs> this is also sponsored by Muna. <laughs> you should. They I I've seen clips of them singing Winter Break specifically on tour, and it's incredible because they have the. Uh, the person that I'm pretty sure it was written about, who was part of the band, also singing. It's so cool how Muna used to oh, date each other. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Great guys. band. I am so sorry for, like, associating them with a hockey player. That is... <laughs> that feels so wrong. <laughs> so funny. Okay. The next one we have, another big one. Mark Stone. This one, we had a few to talk about. We had Tolerate It, which is because... 
that is so tolerated is about like giving your all to a relationship but it's like not enough and that's kind of it like he like we we wanted him so bad like we gave him everything we loved him so much he left Mm -hmm. um the one I put was Dorothea which is off Evermore um this one's kind of about like his life in Vegas now exactly we had the lines um you know hey Dorothea do you ever stop and think about me it's never too late to come back to my side but also the line you got shiny friends since you left town could be about how now he's living in Vegas and he has friends who wear shiny helmets yeah they wear gold helmets it fits perfectly (laughs) okay the next one is um Duchesne and it's literally okay one of them this makes this makes sense. One of them. Oh wait, sorry. We should probably explain the situation more. In picture to burn, she says, "You're a redneck heartbreak," and Matt Shane loves country music, and he was cursed. So that's the line that works for me. I think so too, and it's just it's very unambiguous. Like, I we actually initially had picture to burn as the Heatley song because it's just unambiguous. Like, I hate you. You suck. Um, and I, I like don't miss you at all. Um, you're just another picture to burn. And I feel like that's also kind of how we felt after the Duchesne trade. We were just like, you know what? You were cursed and we don't like you. And so like, bye. Exactly. So the next one that we have is um. one that really hurt me. That really broke my heart. It was Jean-Gabriel Pajot. And the song that we thought fit this was The Story of Us. Because... I feel like, you know, Peugeot, he was supposed to be like this cool story for the Sens. He was supposed to be an important part of the team, a fan favorite, but it just didn't work out. The story of the Ottawa Senators and Jean-Gabriel Peugeot looks like a tragedy now, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. Perfect. The other one is like, because we thought like it was going to be the one kind of again, it was like, I used to think one day we'd tell the story of us, how we met in the spark flew instantly. The entire song, though, kind of fits, though. So you got to listen to the whole song. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we have our best goalie in franchise history. We haven't said any goalies yet. Um, we have a, a few more later because um, we've lost a lot of goalies. But <laughs> Craig Anderson uh, left, I believe, in free agency fairly recently. It was like 2020. And we said that the song for him was Mm -hmm. It's Time to Go off of Evermore, which is all about, you know, just knowing that, like, it's it's time to end a relationship. And I feel like it fits how, you know, Craig Anderson was so good here, but it just wasn't going to work out with the rebuild timeline. And and we just knew that, like, it was time to to move on from Craig Anderson. And so the line that we highlighted was and this was like from Anderson from Craig Anderson's perspective thinking about the sense it's I gave it my all he gave me nothing yeah. at all then wondered why I left yeah I think that one's perfect like that one ugh, it's just so tragic listen to that song this is just like also a plug mm-hmm. for that song I love that song everyone go listen to it and think about Craig Anderson <laughs> so our next one is Bobby Ryan um this one I like you had put down because I can't think okay. of one. This was a last minute thing. Sorry, I should have yeah. featured it. Okay. This is sort of a last minute thing, and I don't know how well it fits, but I was thinking about how, like, Bobby Ryan, the whole story of how he came to Ottawa was like the sense, you know, like Alfredson left and they were suddenly just like, uh, we got to find a replacement. And they brought in Bobby Ryan as like the Alfredson replacement. And, you know, because of that, they felt obligated to like give him a big contract and ended up just messing things up so much and having to buy him out. 
Um, anyways, it doesn't fit perfectly, but I said the song that kind of makes me think of this is Getaway Car, which is a song about cheating, to be clear. <laughs> um, it's a slightly different situation, but it's a song about like using someone using like a new relationship as an excuse to get out of an old one and basically saying like well what did you think was gonna happen like you know this is how we met of course i was gonna cheat on you eventually um again taylor swift not a great person but like this song is so good um and so i think i think about how bobby ryan was like kind of the getaway car not that they wanted to move on from albertson but like melnick kind of did i think Anyways, he was sort of the getaway car, and then like, what what did we think was gonna happen? Of course, it wasn't gonna end well. Yeah, another one that could fit here. This one is not written down, but like another one that could kind of fit the situation is blank space. Again, it's not a perfect like one, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like I got a blank space, baby. I'll write your name. It's kind of like slotted in Bobby Ryan type thing. <laughs> also, okay, I forgot to write this down. I remember. Um, we didn't say anything about Mike Hoffman, which is just like a really shitty situation oh, yeah. all around. His, there were allegedly his fiance at the time may have cyberbullied Eric Carlson's wife. Uh, there may or may not have been a confrontation in the CTC parking lot between him and Eric Carlson. It was very messy. Maybe the song that fits that is Out of the Woods because it's like once we traded him, it was like, are we out of the woods? Are we are we done with all this drama? But we weren't, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh my god, Uber video situation works for getaway car too. Say that. <laughs> he wasn't in the he wasn't in the Uber though. I know, but I just thought about that all of a sudden too. Oh man, we also don't have one for my for uh um Chris Weinman. If you if you come up with a Taylor Swift song that represents whatever was going on with Chris Weinman, uh let us know. Yeah, she's got to write one, I think, specifically about Chris Weidman. So next is Nick Paul. So that situation was just like he was so beloved and then like it just like didn't work out. Like we thought he'd be a son for life and then he wasn't. So that one we put down forever and always because it's like we thought it'd be forever and always, but it wasn't. It's not really his fault. I think in the song explicitly, it's like Joe Jonas's fault, but this one's not really Nick Paul's fault, but whatever, well, it still kind of fits. He could have signed in Ottawa. Like, he was asking for a lot, but also it was the sense being cheap. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, to be fair, it was good probably that he didn't resign because, like, that was so much money. But then, oh God, it's so annoying how he's just on like campus top line. This is just about hockey now, but it's like, it's so annoying how he's on like campus top line now. So of course he gets so many points. And it's like, wow, we should have kept him. Look how many points he's putting up. Like he wasn't like that in Ottawa, guys. But anyway, mm-hmm. so, so the song we put down is Forever and Always. And the line we picked out is, so here's to everything coming down to nothing. Because he had major sen- Senator for Life vibes, you know? Yeah, he really did. We're getting to very recent trades now. But for the Colin White trade, you wrote down a song. Or the Colin White, Colin White buyout. The one we put down for this one is Midnight Rain. Because basically, for the, I wrote down this one. Because it's like, you kind of needed one. We're like, it wasn't really his fault. Like, this is the one where Taylor Swift, like, it's like, it was kind of on me. So from my son's <laughs> perspective, all I have is the line, broke his heart because he was nice. Because, <laughs> like... In my perspective, that's what happened. He was just a nice guy. Yeah. Was he overpaid? Yeah. But he was so nice, they should have just kept him. Exactly. And we also said for, like, various former goalies, but specifically we're thinking of Philip Gustafson, uh, the one. Because it would have been nice if any of them had been the one for the Sens. Instead, they are the one for everyone else. 
And by the one, we mean the starter. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying, I'm looking at the lyrics now. Uh, oh, also, yeah, oh, the yeah. lyric, in my defense, I have none. Very sense. Oh my god, yeah. Perfect. And like, <laughs> I have this dream you're doing cool shit, having adventures on your own. That's all about Gustafson being like this great story in Minnesota, you know? Yeah, it happens so many times too, though. Like, uh, Robin Leonard and... Uh freaking big and now it's like a sad story because he's not playing for them anymore but like at the time i was like whoa he became awesome Mm -hmm. so that's it for the uh the sends breakups the exes but we did have a few uh bonus songs for for current sends that have not left us um because again we were listening to taylor swift's entire discography while thinking about the ottawa senators so naturally like some current sends came up the first one is Brady Kachuk is Begin Again off of Red because that's a song all about how like about like, you know, being hurt by past relationships, but then seeing things start again and being hopeful about a new one. And that's how we feel about Brady Kachuk being the new captain and stuff. It's like we're watching things begin again. Hopefully he doesn't leave us. Yeah, exactly. The specific line for that that works is like I uh, I've been spending the last six months. It's much longer than six months, and for the sense, but like whatever, six months. Like thinking all love ever does is break is break and burn and end. But on a Wednesday in a cafe, I watched it begin again. It wasn't necessarily a Wednesday in a cafe, but again, sometimes she's very specific, and it doesn't fit on a Sunday podcast. But like, <laughs> and then the next one we wanted to talk about is Claude Giroux. Who this one Flyers fans are gonna love this one. Which song do you associate with him? For the obviously, obviously, when I think of Claude Chihu, I think of Invisible String off of Folklore, because Claude Chihu was born to be an Ottawa Senator. He was destined to be on the Ottawa Senators. There was an invisible string tying him to the Sens all along. Every milestone in his career has been just leading him to this moment. I think especially of that line. Uh, uh, a string that pulled me out of all the wrong arms right into that dive bar. Except in this case, instead of a dive bar, it was, what was it, the Boston Pizza where Pierre Dorion met with Claude's agent or something, right? <laughs> um, oh my God, was there something that? like that? I swear, I should have believed it. Yeah. Wait, but, no, there was some story about him, like, yeah, Pierre Dorion just uh, told some kind of story about, like, a, I think it was a Boston Pizza. Hey guys, it's Beata editing this, and it feels very important for me to note that I googled the story and I was only kind of right. It's actually way funnier. Pierre Dorion actually met with Claude Jihou at an Eastside Mario's several years ago before the signing, and I just thought it was very important that I mention that on the podcast. Uh, but that's what happened. It was an invisible string that was drawing Claude Jihou and his legal representation to... Uh... <laughs> um, out of all the wrong arms right into that Boston pizza <laughs> exactly perfect we'll end on that note of this segment because <laughs> there's nothing more to say really and then of course we already associated Thomas Shabbat with nothing new yeah, so yeah listen exactly. to that episode <laughs> That was sort of what uh, what started all of this so yeah and if you have any more uh, <laughs> sends yeah. Taylor Swift, yeah, Taylor Swift songs that you associate with the Sens, please let us know if you're as uh, insane as we are. And yeah, if if you think it was problematic of us to talk about Taylor Swift at this time. Yeah, if you have Taylor Swift songs that you associate with the Sens, it's like a very niche ask, but like there's got to be someone out there. We can't be the only two. 
Exactly. And yeah, if you are mad at us for talking about Taylor Swift amid the uh, the current controversies, feel free to send your hate mail to at Elite Sense Brain on Twitter. That makes me sound so like, oh, if you're a hater, just like, fuck the haters or whatever. No, I, I am actually like, you know, upset about this whole situation. And like, I, I do genuinely like, you know, I, I, yeah, think that people have a right to be upset. Um, <laughs> so genuinely, you can do discourse with us. Um, yeah. Anyways, that was I was trying to segue into yeah. like plugging our social medias and, and then got sidetracked because I thought I was being too mean. Um. No, no, no. <laughs> if you're mad about anything else, also tell us about it. I'm at Erickson's Burner. <laughs> you and are at... I am at CBATA E. Yeah, yell at us if you want, but but legitimately, yeah. If you're mad about the Taylor Swift thing, let us know. But if you're mad at us in a funny way about something else, then that's hilarious. You should add us. Go sends go. <laughs> go sends go. Bye. Bye.